Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana. I'm an addict and alcoholic. This is a show for other addicts and alcoholics and also for their families and for anyone who knows us. If this is your first time listening, we have over 300 episodes in the bank. You can go back and listen to all of them. If you can't get to a meeting right now, which is completely understandable, you can go back and listen to any of our episodes. Please do. We welcome you. And if you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and like us because uh, it makes me happy. gives me a reason to wake up tomorrow. Part two of our three-part episode with this week's guest, Bruce. Where we left off, Bruce was in the thick of his addiction and alcoholism. Tune in right now and find out what changed to get him sober. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Fast forwarding a little, little bit more. Uh, Because it's the same thing. It really doesn't matter. It's the same thing. It just rinse and repeat. Uh, I kept a job. I was very grateful for that. Uh, I kept friendships, although people were starting to say like, you know, what's, uh, what's happening with you, Bruce? What's happening? And I didn't think anything of it. Uh, One uh, uh, Saturday could have been any time. We went to have uh, drinks at a friend's house that was down in Tribeca as well. Uh, and we were going to go to this club, this nightclub. Uh, and it was actually on the West Side Highway. And at the time, I don't know if you've been in New York within the last five, six, seven years. There's a, uh, along the Hudson River, you know, each of the streets uh, along the Hudson used to have piers. Uh, but that, that started to, dilap- it became dilapidated and there wasn't much else out there. Uh, but there was a pier that Suzanne Barch was a big party promoter. Uh, and she was having a party out on this uh, pier. So we were like, yeah, let's go there. It's going to be fun. Blah, blah, blah. So we decide, you know, I'm, I, I'm how many cocktails in? And we decide to go over to the club. You have to cross the West Side Highway, which uh, is four lanes of traffic. It was walking against the light. A bartender that was working at the club is leaving, leaving and moving up the street. She didn't have her lights on. And there I am. And boom, the two things meet. So I hit the top of the roof, I roll, you know, I roll forward this way, you know, along the street. And yeah, I woke up at that, after that in St. Vincent's, one of the trauma centers that was around, and I had been hit by a car. So, um, the, and the only thing I can remember from the time of being in that emergency room, still seared in my brain, is that they were about to cut off this beautiful Brooks Brothers Madras plaid shirt that I have with the scissors. And I was like, no, I just got this like no more than a couple of days ago. What are you doing? <laughs> and my little penny loafers had, I was a preppy. Ask, ask Heather why I got the, in high school, I got the award as the preppiest prep. Whatever. <laughs> whatever it is, it, it happened. I, you know, talk about whatever. Um, and when I got hit, my little, my, you know, my Basswegians loafers is like, phew, phew, these flew off in different directions. Like, where are my loafers? My, my shirt? What's going on? <laughs> oh, my God. And then it was, you know, that's just the insanity of it. Um, and, you know, I, that sort of began, you'd think that would have began the end of my uh, drinking. But <laughs> oh, 
it wasn't for another, that was in 1990, wasn't until 1997. So I had to go through that. I had to be in the hospital for six weeks. Um, I, I swear to God, I have no head injuries. What I have is I have a, uh, this is a uh, point from where my, I'm motioning to my elbow. My elbow basically went into my ribs. My ribs poked my spleen. Spleen had to be taken out. This was broken and I'd broken my uh, tibia because it had hit the fender of the car. And you know, of course, the irony of all of this is, is that um, because I was drunk and because my body was like loose, I didn't get more injured. I didn't, nothing happened to my head, had no brain injury. I traumatized my six friends that were with me. To this day, they will not cross the street without making sure that they, <laughs> the light's with them. But I just, whatever. Um, and stayed in the hospital. I was, I'm so fucking lucky. I was able to keep my job at the gallery. My roommate moved me out, found, we moved out of that apartment, moved into another apartment while I was in the hospital. And then I was able to go home to Naperville to be with my mom. Uh, but, you know, until that time, you know, I just, I still didn't think of it. Um, that's when I found out the beauty of um, Percocet. Um, huh. So on the plane ride home to go to my mother's because I needed to recuperate for another four weeks. That's like, that, that's a month. That's a, I mean, that's more than a month. That's a long time. Um, I decided that it was cool to take like, I don't know, five or six Percocet on the plane because, you know, I'd been hit by a car and I was in a wheelchair and, you know, that should have like, that should have knocked out people for days. That didn't mean anything to me. And I just kept drinking. There's a bar down in our hometown of Naperville where I was staying with my mother. I'm, I'm in a wheelchair. I finally graduated to crutches. I would get in a car, drive down to a bar in my hometown, and I would sit at the bar with my crutches, and I would drink Jack and Coke. Just sit there and drink it. And finally, finally, the bartender put the 86 on it and said, I'm not serving you any Jack and Coke anymore. You can only drink beer. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Absolutely not a problem. So, you know, so, it, so that's the insanity. It really didn't occur to me. Uh, and basically the end of the story is, I'm, it's, it's May of 1997. Uh, I've broken up with my uh, boyfriend. Uh, and there's plenty of stories. There's plenty of drunken stories within that. Uh, you, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> I was... Um, I, it was, everything was unraveling. Uh, I had my, my closest friend, um, Steve was in law school in NYU. He, his, uh, ex-boyfriend who lived in Boston, but moved to New York had just gotten sober about six months ago. And he had visited me and my boyfriend after he gotten sober. And I, I know it sounds cliche and I know you've heard this before, but it, I swear to God, it's the truth. When I looked at him, his face was clear. His eyes were bright. And I was like, what, what happened? What, what is that? <laughs> and I started to, and I realized that he was sober. Uh, and I think that my friend, um, I, I said something to my friend and my friend said something to, to Tony. And Tony ended up taking me to my first meeting at Perry Street, which is a legendary uh, meeting space in New York City. And that kind of began my journey. And I was you know, I'm still internally grateful because of those last few days or last month within my um, using, 
I had started to, I'd acted, I would act out with sex, with food, you know, I still have issues other than alcohol, but I was starting to figure out that there was a great combination of crystal meth, pot, Coke, and liquor. Let's put them all four together and I would be like a normal human being. Uh And I had found the solution. And I am so lucky that within uh, two weeks of that discovery, I decided that it wasn't even that I decided. It honestly was not that I decided. I went to this meeting because I didn't know what else to do. So I went to the meeting and I sat there and I listened to whatever they had to say. And when we finished up that first meeting, Tony said, okay, let's, we're going to go here tomorrow. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I went to that meeting and then the next day, he's like, okay, well, this guy's going to take you to this meeting over here the next day. And for whatever reason, I didn't drink. It was, things were in the shitter. I still had a job, but I was sleeping on the couch where I'd, I'd broken up with my boyfriend. He's like, get the F out of here. You can stay on the couch until you find a place to go, but you got to get the F out of here. And that was it. And that began this, you know, sober uh, journey. And I, you know, it's, it's when I talk to people like yourself that I start to realize like, yeah, I do like this. I do like being sober. Because, you know, and it's really hard to keep that momentum and that idea of it as you get, for me, as I got further along in sobriety. Um, but it has not been, you know, it's been life. And, you know, I got skinny, I got fat again. I, I had money, then I got broke, and then I sort of am still broke, and I have to work on, you know, now I have to work on money issues. And I got to work on food and all this other stuff. But the bottom line is that I don't feel it's necessary to have a drink or a drug to get to those places. Right. And uh, that's, that's really been... It's really been it. I, for me, I I'm, I'm like to think of myself, I love the idea of being terminally unique. I love that idea. I love being alone and I, it's only mine. I'm the piece of shit at the center of the world. Yep. And it's, you know, I just, I get off on that. And the idea that I have to do service to keep myself like owning the room, owning where I'm at like, don't put the chairs out like that. I'm going to put them out like this. You know, that's important to me. To do service at, the, at my group is, uh, whatever groups I'm, I've met, is, uh, is really important. And that's what's kept me sober. Uh, that and I'm very vain and I'm stubborn. So <laughs> this is going to look worse if I go and drink. This is going to get a lot worse. And I'm not yeah. in for that. You know? And I'm a Capricorn. So it's like, fuck you. I'm going to stay sober. I don't give a shit. Oh, I'm gonna be unhappy. But that's as I'm saying with about this whole time thing. It's like I'm gonna be unhappy because I'm still sober and I'm gonna do that. It's like, well, you don't have to be. Right. You can be 23 years sober, and you can start to and you can change whatever you want, or you can move on whatever way you want to want and whatever you want because you are sober. You have that opportunity. If you didn't, if you didn't have that, my God, it would just be. I just think it would be so awful. And I've seen within mm-hmm. the context of this, you know, now current, within the context of these Zoom rooms, I've seen a couple of people that have had time that have gone out. Yeah. Um, this, the, the, the isolation and the complete change in orientation that's happened has really caused a lot of stress. On oh, a lot of alcohol. Yeah, the I mean, pandemic. I, yeah, because that's, that's what we're not supposed to do is isolate and be alone. And now we're being oh forced God. to be alone and to isolate. And, and I love isolating. Oh, oh my do. God. It's one of my me favorites. Too. 
it's one of my favorite things to do. But that's kind of why, and as I said, I'm eternally grateful that Heather picked up on that and asked me to to speak because I don't want to I don't want to lose my seat. I, I I don't feel like I'm going to pick up a drink, but that doesn't mean that I can't. I got to stay vigilant and just to keep it. And I'll I'll sort of end with this this part of it. Within the last few months, I've noticed in my own behavior, I I have a very hard time with. I'm not a real, um, uh, I'm not the most gregarious person. I found that out in sobriety. When I'm drinking, I'm like, rah, rah, rah. but right. in sobriety, I'm not, I'm like, I'm really very sort of closed off. And um, that doesn't serve me well in these, I've been trying to get more and more like, say hi to people. Uh, don't just kind of be the black cloud over there in the corner because that's, that's what I love doing. I'm in the corner that queen over there blah 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 right i don't that doesn't i found out within the last 10 years that doesn't work for my sobriety and consequently this these zoom rooms have made it a little bit more difficult for me to re-engage in not being judgmental of that behavior like oh god i can't deal with the background of that person what do they have in their apartment (laughs) right get off your fucking exercise bike turn your video off i can't tell you the amount of times that i've like you really, really, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna nap. You're gonna sit there and nap on the, and not turn your video off. That's my new thing. Like, who the fuck gives a shit? You're in a, yeah. you're in an A room. These people are trying to get sober. It's not your fucking business. Right. Just do what you need to do. But that's where I went right back to that. Thanks to Bruce for being on the show. Stick around for the next episode, which you can listen to right away, binge style, where we learned what Bruce reclaimed in sobriety. If you want to be on the show or you know anyone who should be on the show, please contact us. The email is radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. That's go-to productions.com. You can also call or text 415-496-9511. Even when we're not in studio, And on all the socials, it's at Radio Rehab Dana, D-A-Y-N-A. Thank you for listening. Keep coming back.